Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. Last week, we played the first half of my conversation with Melanie DeSimone. If you missed that, you will want to start there, which is episode 214, and then come back and listen to this episode. Many of you may be familiar with Melanie through her blog, The Life I Didn't Choose, or her Facebook page, Heartache and Hope. I loved talking with her. She has such a depth of wisdom and encouragement for perivers. So let's get started with this second half. Here is the rest of my talk with Melanie DeSimone. I started when we lost Becca, and it looked like God was moving me to start walking with other perivers. I found out through some of my studying that for a parent who's lost a child, anything five years and under is considered fresh grief. Yes. 100%. People don't know that. We don't know that. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. important that we know that, that it's Mm -hmm. okay if you are still a mess three years into this and you still feel like you're crying every day and you're still trying to force yourself out of bed and force yourself to make a meal for your family. That's, I hate to say normal, but you're still in a fresh place of grief. Yeah, it's definitely within the range of normal. And that's what, and that is so, and it's so important for people to understand that. And that's, that's one of my clarion calls to parents is that take, you know, assess where you are. Are you, are you getting up? Are you getting dressed? Good. Yes. You know, I mean, literally, literally, Mm -hmm. have you still, you know, many parents still have to work. Are you still managing to go to work? Even if you come home every night, evening and collapse on the sofa because you don't have any energy to do anything else. Great. You're okay. Are your little kids, if you've still got little kids at home, are they fed and going to school or whatever your arrangements Mm -hmm. are? You're doing fine. You are doing fine in terms of in terms of are you meeting your obligations you are you are doing what is necessary to continue living mm-hmm. and to continue your family there's it's going to take a long time because i uh, on one of the closed bereaved parents groups and somebody said something and i and i realized i'd said it different ways in the past but this just really was something that was speaking to me that day and i said you know i felt like i was disassembled mm. at the molecular level <laughs> yes. And and it takes a long time to put that back together. I don't know. I'm a big Star Trek fan, but I don't know if anybody <laughs> remembers the old transporter thing yes, where it was yeah, like every, yeah. you know, all the molecules go and then you yeah. get assembled back somewhere else. <laughs> Except the difference is that there's no you're not going to a definite place so you don't get automatically reassembled. It's like you're just out in space floating somewhere for a while. <laughs> and it's pieces, like you yes. <laughs> Yeah, and you have to personally, you know, take i mean the lord has helped the lord absolutely has been alongside and has been faithful and has helped me in so many ways and other and other people have helped me but bottom line it ends up being you yourself who have to go through the darkness who has to find the pieces who has to put the pieces back together and decide you know how am i going to go forward in this yeah exactly 
One other thing I want to bring up here with you, and it's along the same line, because people can make us feel ashamed for Mm -hmm. still struggling years later, can't they? Yes, absolutely. And I had the opportunity to share at a bereaved parents conference just a little while ago. And um, I also read Brene Brown stuff. And Mm. shame is a sense of um, not being not being able to you don't belong. You're not Mm -hmm. worthy of belonging and you're not worthy of love. And one of the things that um, I shared there that I think is really important for parents who are believers and who are in Christ is that that is the exact opposite of the gospel message. Yes. Because if we have availed ourselves of the blood of Jesus and we are in Christ by uh, believing in him, nothing can make us unworthy of love and belonging. Not even when other people say to us, you know, what is wrong with you? Are you Mm -hmm. still grieving? What is going on with you? You're still not coming to Thanksgiving. It's been eight years. Come on. Yeah. Thanksgiving, or, you know, you're not involved in church the way you were or whatever, whatever thing people try to put on you that you quote unquote should be better by now. That is not the gospel message. You know, (laughs) Jesus died for this too. Yes. And he takes that shame. And so, yes, so often parents are shamed into silence and then they just go into hiding and they hide their grief. And that's so sad because a huge part of grieving is telling our story, whether it's to one person or like you have a podcast, I have a blog, you know, other people feel more comfortable telling it to lots of people, but it's telling our story over and over the story we have from our child's death the story that we have of of time over time you know strengthening getting better in the sense of being better able to deal with the daily life and hopefully hopefully coming to a place where we can rest in the love and grace of Christ and trust that he will redeem restore and ultimately resurrect everything that's been taken from us you know and and shame doesn't doesn't help any of that. We, we need to be able to tell those stories, you know, shame silences and that's not right. Right. And shame doesn't belong in our story. No, it does not belong in our story. It does not belong in your story. So release that shame. Don't take that on. It's, you know, anyone tries to hand it to you on a platter, just refuse it (laughs) and take the grace of God instead. Absolutely. So we all have limitations and it's okay to admit those limitations. And, you know, like you and I talked about before, you mentioned my brain still doesn't work. (laughs) It's just not the same. I don't have Mm -hmm. the bandwidth. I don't, I don't have, you know, being in a place of chaos can still sometimes bother me crowds. It's just, I am not the same person. And I'm not Mm -hmm. going to be the same person. And, you know, for a long time, that really frustrated me because I was a children's minister. I mean, that's high energy. That's like all over the place all the time. That was just who I was. That's why I was Mm -hmm. a children's minister, because I was a high energy person. And, you know, to not be that person anymore can be very frustrating. But once again, I think that's where we allow the grace of God, because this didn't blindside him. 
Correct. And I think one of the things that I think is a big shift that's necessary for bereavers who are believers in Christ and who either have been or still and or still are active in their church bodies, their local church bodies, is for them to find spaces where they can still serve within the limitations of who they are right now. And I think sometimes, uh, not so much, I don't, I wouldn't say it's so much shame, but I do feel sometimes there's pressure from people in leadership. You know, if you've been that person who's filled a specific slot for a long Mm -hmm. time, it's, and I understand it because I've been a person that's been trying to fill a slot. So, you know, you, you, you want to push that person. You're like, come on, don't you think you can do it at Mm -hmm. least one Sunday a month or whatever. Um, but I think, Again, just like we have to refuse the shame, we also have to learn to advocate for ourselves and say, this is not how I operate in the world any longer, because Mm -hmm. like you, I I wasn't a children's minister, but I did a lot of stuff with children and I don't have, I don't have that bandwidth anymore. I don't have the energy. I don't have the capacity. I can't deal with the the noise and and the questions and the kids coming up to your leg, Mm -hmm. patting you on the side. And (laughs) So we have to advocate for ourselves and say, we want to be part of the body. We want to minister, but we're going to have, you know, this is where these are the, this is where we can minister. This is how we can minister. Mm -hmm. And pastors, I'll be honest with you, local bodies, I feel often neglect areas of ministry because they think, oh, who would do that? All they need to do is take a survey of their Uh, congregation and say, who has suffered child loss? Who has suffered breast cancer? Who has suffered, you know, uh, a parent with Alzheimer's, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. all these different little, what we consider to be sort of niche ministries, but in a congregation of 200 to 300 to 500 people, there are people that need that ministry. And there are people who've experienced those specific losses or our life uh, events, and they are probably, especially if they're several years out, they are probably desperate to be able to use the insights that the Lord has given them yes. to minister to other people. Yes. And my goodness, how healthy, mm-hmm. how healthy would the body be? Yes. And I, I think of sometimes too, we feel like we're so broken that God will never be able to flow through me again. I'm just too broken. And so to know that that's not the case, that is Mm -hmm. not the case at all. And, you know, for, to feel God flowing through you again, to minister to someone, it might be in a totally different capacity, but it's still such a, a wonderfully needed thing in, in our lives. And I, I like how you put it in one of your blogs about, you know, the limitations that we have, you know, explaining to people some people's limitations are physical because mm-hmm. of a sickness or a disease or their age. My limitations are as a result of burying my child. You know, it's right. not something you can see, but I do have limitations right now. And a lot of parents have PTSD. Yes. You didn't even have to be there when your child died. It, Correct. A lot of parents are going through PTSD. And so it's okay to have these limitations and to let people know who are asking you to jump back into things. I don't care if it's six years later and they're saying, are you ever going to come back to the worship team? Probably not because Mm -hmm. that is just something at this point. 
I, I, I can't, you know, I have, I have a long-term limitation and that's, right. I, I can't do it anymore. And I think that's really important. And you, you touched on, you know, sometimes people feel like they're so broken that they can't minister. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm a huge fan of, uh, open broken, you yes. know, God uses broken things. Yes. I mean, that's the literal truth. And if you look back in, the Old Testament in particular, oh my goodness, was there a single not dysfunctional family in the whole Old Testament? <laughs> you know? So, um, and we look at, and we look at Jacob. Yeah. Perfect uh, families are only on Facebook. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, we look at Jacob and, and people need to remember that all those years, Jacob thought Joseph was dead. Mm-hmm. And yes. all those years later, the reason he wouldn't let the brothers take Benjamin right. was because he didn't want to lose Benjamin too. Exactly. That man was still grieving. He was still grieving, yes. you know, and very few people really recognize the timeline there, how many mm-hmm. years it was, yes. how Joseph I mean, decades, grew up, got married, had, you know, two, decades, Yes, you know, and boys, so, yeah. And, and it was still shaping their family, mm-hmm. you know, and it was still, and it wasn't only just shaping Jacob, it was shaping the yes. whole family, which if you go back and read the whole thing, you can see that. Right, right. But as bereaved parents, we bring an important balancing uh, uh, testimony to the table in the body of Christ. We say, look, bad things really bad things, Mm -hmm. horrible things that people think they can't survive do happen. And there are things that are not going to get resolved in this lifetime on this earth. Yes. But the grace of Christ is still sufficient. And too often the people that get the testimony platform are the ones who are, you know, healed or or, you know, they're, they're rescued from drinking or, mm-hmm. or drugs or whatever. And hallelujah. In an accident, I should have been killed in, you know. Exactly. You know. Those are and, hard to hear. That's one reason why some of us can't go to church. 100%. Why didn't yes. I get, why didn't I get that miracle? Exactly. And there's, but there are people sitting in the pews. Yes. Maybe they haven't lost a child, but maybe they have. Um, a horrible marriage that mm-hmm. that they're unable to get out of, or they have some other situation that is not going to be resolved on yes. earth unless there truly is a miracle in that situation. And they need to hear that Christ's grace is still sufficient. Yes. You can be broken and still believe. And so often, you know, we don't hear that. And that's that to me, that's the biggest and most important uh contribution that perievers can bring to a body of Christ is to be honest about our, our situation and our story. Yes. It's interesting. You just said that because that was really kind of what I wanted to end on is that God gives us enough grace for today for right now. Mm -hmm. Doesn't he? Yes. 100%. 100%. And we we would love, I, I recently reshared a blog post where I said, you know, if it was up to me, I'd pile grace like cans of green beans in my pantry, one on top of the other, you know, and save it for a rainy day. Yes, but yes. grace is like manna, you know, and God intends for us to seek his face, to seek his grace and to seek his strength 
on a daily basis. And, you know, I mean, he could have just like the manna lasted for two days after the Sabbath. God could have just had manna once a week and they could have just, you know, hauled it around with them. Ooh, but right. the point was to teach these people who had been enslaved, who had drifted as a, as a group away from the one true God and been surrounded by idols. He was bringing them out into a place and forming a community where they could understand that he was truly the source of all good things and yes. their provider in every way. And, you know, I, I am a huge, I hate when people try to act like, you know, well, there's these lessons to learn from, you know, losing child that just that's one of my pet peeves but the reality is is that you if you're open to to god and to listening you do learn things mm -hmm. i don't think god took my Correct. child Correct. i mean i don't even think he took him period right, that's a right. whole other story yes. <laughs> but it wasn't to teach me anything exactly. it was not it was not because oh well she needs to learn these things and this is how i'm going to do it right but you do learn things and one of the things that I have learned very distinctly and, and un, unavoidably is that, you know, one day may be great and one day may be terrible. And, you know, you get the grace you need for the day you got. Mm, yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. yes. Well, Melanie, this has just been wonderful. And I, I love your passion. <laughs> it just comes through. And I know it's such a weird area to have passion for, but you just are a girl after my own heart, because I can tell your heart is to just encourage and give hope and help to, you know, others who are on this road behind us, whose lives have been shattered after mm -hmm. the death of their child. So for the listeners who may not already be connected to you through your blog or Facebook page, and they want to be, what is the best way for them to do that? There's two ways to get in touch with me. Um, if you're interested in the blog, it's called the life I didn't choose all one word.com. And there is a Facebook page, which is called heartache and hope. And that's a public Facebook page where the blog's posted every day. Of course, I'm personally on Facebook. You can hit me up that way. And um, I look forward to getting to know some of the people that listen to your podcast. Thank you. Yes, for sure. Do you have any last thoughts for the listeners? I guess my my most encouraging thing that I could say, because we've covered the topic of uh, when people don't understand or they make us perhaps feel like we should be better than we are at the moment is hold on, just hold on, keep advocating for yourself when you can set boundaries when you can't, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to let those people into your life all the time and um, know that in time over time by doing the work that grief requires and facing your feelings and leaning on the Lord you will get stronger and it will get better. Yes. Yes, for sure. So thank you so much for joining me. And I'm sure we've got some more topics to talk about. <laughs> that, thank you uh, for having me. You back. So thanks very much, Melanie. Thank you. Wasn't this a great conversation? I love how Melanie ended by encouraging you to keep advocating for yourself when you can and to set boundaries when you can't. 
we know there are those in our lives who won't understand our need for these boundaries, which can make it hard to keep these boundaries in place, especially if it's someone we love who seems to be hurt by maybe the boundaries that we need to put up. But may I remind you that you are in recovery. You have had a traumatic experience. Most experts say that losing a child is a trauma, which is, like we said, why three to five years is considered fresh grief. Losing your child is like having an amputation. Part of your very being has been cut off from you, and you have to figure out how to live with that part of you missing. It's like you've been in a crash and all your bones are broken with organ damage. If you had those kinds of physical injuries, people around you would understand the recovery process is going to be long. But because the injury is internal and we just don't see grief the same way, people can't directly see it. And so the people around us think we should be doing okay after a year or so. A lot of them do anyway. And this is one reason you need to connect with places like GPS Hope and people like myself and Melanie. Because not only do we get it, but we want to walk with you as you deal with these kinds of things on this unwanted journey. Dave is getting ready to put our itinerary together for, well, we pull out in mid-October, so the itinerary is basically November through mid-April. If you would like us to come your way with the Hope Mobile, let us know, especially if you have a group of parents that you would like us to spend time with, to minister to, with singing and speaking, or if you know there are quite a few parents in your area who would love to attend a weekend GPS Hope and Healing Retreat. So if this is you, let us know. We'll see what we can do. Email us at office at gpshope.org. Let us know where you live and around what time of year you were hoping we could head your way. If we can't come to you, how about considering coming to us in Wisconsin next summer? Next year will be the 10th anniversary of GPS Hope, and we want to do something special. So we are going to be hosting a GPS Hope and Healing Conference for Perebers next summer, 2024, here in Wisconsin. And we're going to end it with what we're calling a celebration of hope, inviting anyone who has been connected to us as either Perebers or who has supported GPS Hope in some way through prayer, encouragement, financially, and you want to join us in thanking God for what he has done through this ministry. We have a venue and we have the dates and we have Doug and BJ Jensen coming to be part of this with us. I am so excited about that. Lots of other details need to be worked out. But I at least wanted you to know the dates, which will be August 1st through the 3rd, 2024. And right now the plans are on Thursday night, August 1st, we will just have a casual night for whoever arrives early. We might have something like a cookout on our campsite with the Hope Mobile. On Friday, August 2nd, we're going to start at 1 in the afternoon, and that will allow people to travel on Friday morning. The conference will be both in the afternoon and in the evening, and then on Saturday, August 3rd, the conference will be in the morning and the afternoon, and then we'll have our evening banquet, our celebration of hope, and that's going to be included in the registration price of the conference. 
I will be contacting area hotels to block out some rooms, hopefully at a discounted price. I don't have that information yet, registration costs, that kind of thing. Once we have all these details worked out, we will be letting you know with an official invitation. But for right now, I just wanted to make sure that you make your 2024 summer plans around joining us here in Wisconsin for our special 10th anniversary event. If you want to make a week's vacation of it, on Wednesdays and Sundays, we have the Rock Aqua Jays. And they are a like a 21-time national champion ski show. They are phenomenal. They do like four high pyramids and just all kinds of crazy stunts and things. So, you know, we'll, if anyone comes that week, we'll all go to the Rock Aqua J show. Anyway, I wanted to let you know about that. And hey, if you have been on one of our GPS Hope weekend retreats, this would be a great chance to have a reunion. All of you get together and meet us up here in Wisconsin. Let's go ahead with this week's birthday segment. Avery Gingerich arrived on June 14th. He bloomed on earth to blossom in heaven. This is the only birthday I have to announce this week, and so we take time to remember precious Avery with his family and celebrate the fact that while this separation may seem long while still here on this earth, it is not permanent. Every week, I announce the dates and ages of our children who were born that week to celebrate the day they came into the world. If you would like your son or daughter's birthday announced to the other listeners, just go to gpshope.org slash birthdays and submit the needed information. Dave will also send you an email to remind you to listen to that week's podcast episode to make sure that you hear your child's birthday announced. And I will also put a link to that in the show notes. Before I wrap this up, I want to remind you that I'm going to be a keynote speaker this year at the Bereaved Parents USA Yearly Gathering. It will be in the Washington, D.C. area, July 21st through the 23rd. I'll also be doing four workshops, and Dave and I will have a table with all of my books there. If you want to know more about it, especially if you think you might want to join us, go to bereavedparentsusa.org, and I will also put a link to that in the show notes. Did you notice that one of the last things Melanie said was to hold on? She said, hold on, just hold on. You will get stronger and it will get better. You know how I end the podcast episode every week, right? So let me add to that with my acronym that I say every week, H-O-P-E, hold on, pain eases, there is hope.